You're listening to The Voice, episode 23. This episode, hosted by Graham McCatchick. Hi everyone, Happy New Year and welcome to a brand spanking edition of The Voice. I'm your host, Graham McCatchick. Quickly, I just want to thank our listeners who made 2011 a big success for us as we've seen our ratings continue to climb. And don't forget to tell us what topics you want covered on The Voice. Just weigh in at... uh, ottawa.iabc.com. Now, today's topic is social media burnout, and I put a question mark on that, so I was wondering if I should just say it like this, social media burnout? Uh, We're going to hit this topic from two sides. First, is the bubble on time-wasting social media options about to burst? And second, what are the best tips to stay focused when it comes to social media? Then later in the cast, we're going to get into a, a bit of a secret that every marketing communications uh, professional uh, should definitely know. But to help guide our understanding of the current social media landscape is our esteemed guest, Mark Evans, joining us via Skype. And Mark runs his own consultancy with a focus on digital marketing, content, and social media strategy. And you may have read his blog at markevanstech.com. And he writes an online column for the Globe and Mail geared towards startups and entrepreneurs. And so you can get the full download of Mark just by uh, a Google away. But uh, so with that, I just wanted to welcome Mark. Mark, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, no, uh, th- big thanks for joining. And uh, here's right one for you right out of the gate. Uh, to quote you, uh, social media adds value and is a huge time suck, <laughs> end quote. Are marketing uh, communications professionals now pretty much done with social media time wasters and is there actually a trend towards more time-saving efficient social media channels I guess is what I wanted to start by asking you what do you say that's a pretty meaty topic to be (laughs) tackling but I'll do my best to try to get uh, my head around it so the thing about social media is that you know really we're probably about four or five years into it and like any new technology, people jump on the bandwagon and they jump pretty hard, um, which means that uh, they're totally immersed in it. They are completely overly enthusiastic and they're drinking from the fire hose in a major way. But sooner or later, you realize that it, everything has to be done in balance and that all the time that you're investing in social media or wasting in social media, um, starts to eat away at the other things you should be doing. And so I sense that the pendulum is starting to swing back and the fact that people are busier than ever, companies are still operating really lean and mean, and that we've all got to be a lot smarter in how we use social media and, as important, how much time we spend on social media. Okay, so potentially there is a trend and people are sort of seeing the light, <laughs> having some kind of come to Jesus moment, I don't know what you want to call it, maybe fo- putting a little bit more time on things that are going to be a little bit more efficient, less time uh, wasting perhaps. But I guess with that, what popular social media trends should we not be integrating into our marketing communications campaigns in 2012 and beyond? Well, I think one of the biggest uh, bugaboos out there is the idea that you need to be on every single Uh, social media platforms. So for most of us, you know, we're on the sort of staples, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Some of us have blogs. Uh, But there are lots and lots of other social media networks vying for our attention. So for example, two of the, you know, newcomers that have gained a lot of attention are 
Pinterest and Path. Pinterest is a online sort of, I guess, scrapbook application, and Path is an online only, is a sorry, mobile only social media. And so, what happens with a lot of these new social media services, particularly ones that the A-listers are all over, is that the rest of us feel like we got to get on the bandwagon too, and. What ends up happening is we start to spread ourselves increasingly thin while at the same time spending more and more time using social media. So it's a, really a, a battle of resistance right now and trying to essentially say, how can I use social media in the most productive and efficient way possible? And that is a huge challenge facing a lot of people. Okay. And typically, and this is this is, might be difficult to answer if, if I don't know, I'm even sure we can, but... In general, just in general, how much time in, in terms of percentage, like if you had 100% of your time on a marketing communications campaign per se, how much time do you think people are by default sort of deferring to social media when perhaps it, they shouldn't? Uh, I'm not, not sure whether um, it's a matter of time and it's a matter of budgets. And I think one of the problems with social media is that people think it's the silver bullet. It's the answer to all your problems. And so I think social media um, has the reputation of being able to do much more than it really has the potential to achieve. And that comes at the risk of abandoning or ignoring other marketing platforms, mm -hmm. direct mail, email, uh, banner ads, uh, newspaper ads, people still do that, um, radio ads. And so you put all your eggs in one social media basket and you hope that you can essentially uh, hit a home run. Uh, so for marketers, um, one of the things they've got to recognize is that while social media is a valuable tool, it's only one tool within a bigger arsenal of tools. Okay, so let's get practical. We like to give people some real stuff they can sink their teeth into on the job when they listen. So. Is there any, can you think about this and, and throw us maybe even just a 30-second case study? Like, which organization or company is doing it right in Canada? Mm, that's a difficult question because Canadian companies are behind the curve when it comes to social media adoption. But I'll give you an example. Um, Hootsuite uh, out of Vancouver, which is a social media uh, publishing and monitoring um, company. So... What they're doing is essentially uh, walking the walk and talking the talk. So with Hootsuite, um, they have a great blog in which they engage with customers and provide insight into what they're doing. They're really good on Twitter because, after all, they're a very Twitter-focused company. Um, and they have sort of great customer service using social media. So, you know, they've sort of picked their their... The, th the services that really work well for them, and then they've doubled down on them. They're not okay. spreading themselves all over the all over the place, but they're doing a really good job with the ones they're using. Okay, so to quote swingers, double down. Um, and <laughs> joking. And so, but but essentially, you're saying this is interesting in Canada. We're a little bit behind the curve as compared well, to the U.S. Or is this what do you mean? As compared that? to the U.S., I mean, the gap is closing, but like any new online trend is Canada is usually about a year or two behind. Hmm. And it was the same for e-commerce. It was the same for Web 2.0. And it's the same for social media. And it's not because we're laggards. It's just that it takes us a while, particularly from a corporate perspective, to get our heads around the fact that there's something new and shiny and maybe we should be all over it. Um, so... That said, the, the gap is closing, and you're getting companies like FreshBooks and like Molson 
than Radian 6 and Sysmos that are doing a really good job with social media. And I think as social media sort of becomes more baked within the corporate landscape is that more Canadian companies will figure out how to use it effectively. Okay. And I guess that's the key, using it effectively. And, and that leads me to my next, next question. Did you, uh, did you find or have you found a particular either sector or, or company in particular that's really not performing well in this area? Like this bombing hard. Like who is this not using it well? Uh, well, if you, I mean, we can look at a, uh, a Canadian company that's basically not using it at all, and that's Canadian Tire. So okay. it's pretty interesting that it is one of the leading uh, consumer brands in Canada. Its stores are ubiquitous. Pretty much you can find them on every corner. Uh, we all probably visit Canadian Tire uh, on a pretty regular basis, yet when you look at the social media landscape, they're really not to be found. And I find that pretty astounding because... <laughs> If you look at social media as the way to engage with consumers, uh, you know it's it strikes me as a no-brainer that Canadian Tire would be all over social media, and that they would be uh, basically levering it at the leveraging it at the very least for customer service. Mm. Um, but you know that's just an example of of one Canadian company that is that is really struggling to to embrace social media, and I would argue that. You know, if there's a flip side, if there's a science for encouragement, it's the Canadian banks. So if you'd look back two or three years ago, Canadian banks were essentially doing nothing. Well, their U.S. counterparts, uh, Bank of America, Citibank, Wachovia, were all over social media. And what we've seen, particularly in the last year, is TD and CIBC and um, RBC have... Um, have really sort of embraced social media yeah. and are really starting to think about ways that they can leverage it for customer service and customer acquisition and customer retention. So, you know, the corporate landscape when it comes to social media in Canada is all over the place. Okay, so if there's anybody from Canadian Tire listening, can you please answer this, this question? What, well, how come, how come Canadian Tire hasn't engaged? We're curious. And also, uh, also have, uh, our organization, I uh, work for, with Volunteer Canada and we uh, work with a lot of corporate uh, entities in a lot of different kinds of campaigns, but we've seen also some of our clients who are financial institutions also get into the social media space for the first time, even just in the last year, and it's uh, been very interesting to see that transition. But are there any global trends coming to Canada that we should keep our eyes on, so outside of Canada? Well, I think one of the most interesting is content marketing. So I spent uh, more than 10 years as a technology journalist with the National Post and the Globe and Mail, and I am biased in my belief that content is king. Okay. But it's been interesting that content has struggled to find its way in a world with 140-character tweets and pretty short Facebook updates. And at the same time, content in the form of blogs shuffled to the sidelines because blogs certainly weren't as sexy um, or as glamorous as Facebook and Twitter. But content marketing seems to be changing the rules and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that social media um, is a great way to engage and have conversations with potential and existing customers but it's really hard to provide solid, valuable content. Um, because in some sense, and I'll probably get some feedback, um, pushback on this, is that content, social media is really a great distribution medium. Okay. And what 
what consumers are looking for and how and what brands need to do is differentiate themselves from everybody else using social media these days because you have to recognize that everybody's jumped on the social media bandwagon so how do you separate yourselves from the crowd and good content is one way that you can provide extra value to consumers and then leverage social media to get it out to the masses. Oh, that's okay. So this is really interesting. So um, a previous cast we did with Brian Solis of Altimeter Group, uh, I think in uh, California, uh, was saying uh, maybe not so much content is king, but context is king. And, and, and would it be difficult then to provide context, say, through a Facebook chat perhaps? or Twitter for even more difficult versus a blog, which could very well be the best way to do that. Well, I think Brian, who's one of the leading um, voices within the social media world, um, makes a good point. And it's one of the reasons why I believe that blogging is really coming back into the fray. I think a lot of uh, companies may have... um, um, ignore blogging or brush blogging aside because it does take a lot of work and you need to write well and you need to be creative and you need to sustain blogging on a regular basis and that's hard but I think a lot of companies have recognized that there's a lot of things you can do with a blog that you can't do with other social media services and the other thing about blog blogs that I think um, companies are beginning to realize is they own blogs they control blogs it's their content it sits on their website whereas if you're tweeting and if you're on Facebook, it's it's owned by another company, mm-hmm. and they can change the rules when you want. Yeah. And there's not great SEO from using Twitter or Facebook versus using a blog. Right. Um, so blogs are getting sexy again, and and I just think that overall um, brands are really looking to um, have their have them have themselves resonate with consumers in a different way, and and I think that while they'll still you know be all over social media, um, content seems to be the new sexy. Right, and you know depending on your objectives, um, I I mean I'll just relate to my own experience uh, just briefly here. You know, uh, again at, at Volunteer Canada, where where use our blog, uh, the reason we focus on it is because for well, there's a, a whole bunch of reasons, but. One, it, it is a mechanism, a channel for us to be very collaborative with our, our, our key stakeholders. Number one, we want to hear back from them. We want to listen. We don't just want to do one way, uh, a one-way push uh, of information. Um, it's a great form for our CEO uh, to contextualize things. Uh, recently, there was a whole uh, convergence of issues in, in volunteerism that uh, we needed to put some context around and um, we were able to do that through the bro- blog and have a, a gateway for people to give us their opinions too and then we, we monitor all those comments so it's, a, it's really a way to once we start getting the feedback we look at we look at it it's a way to adapt our programs think about new ideas for, for new business all kinds of things so um, I really do believe uh, in blogs and um, you know I, I have I've I've got my hesitations about uh, some of these other social media channels, but um, it, it really just boils down to how are you using them and, and what are you doing that's uh, going to work to drive your objectives. I've, we've been hearing this for years, so yeah. nothing well, new. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, totally in the same camp as you. So I've been blogging since 2004, and and one of the reasons why I'm willing to invest the time in writing blog posts on a regular basis, and 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 my blog posts, you know, I'm I'm probably a little bit biased here, but they tend to be a little more meaty than the regular blog posts. I, I try to add value add. Um, but really, it's my form of digital advertising. I'm yeah. trying to um, 
demonstrate um, to my potential target audience is that, hey, this guy is, is, is smart, or at least he has some different viewpoints on the startup and digital marketing landscape. Yeah. And maybe, you know, because he's offering this value, maybe we should consider him as a potential supplier. So yeah. it's a great, you know, writing outlet, obviously, it's a great way to explore different topics, but it's a great um, marketing outlet, particularly for, you know, small companies who don't have big marketing budgets. Yeah, and so to bring it back to our, just our, our topic and our theme for the, the discussion today, like it, people may not be burning out on social media if they really are finding the value in the context that they're looking for, no matter what the channel is. And uh, I think we're, we're, we're proving that point in, in what uh, in the work we do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so... Next, I'm curious, this is something I've been kind of curious about because I'm kind of doing a little research in this area, but are there any great stories that you have of social media being a revenue generator for, say, an enterprising nonprofit? Uh, or no. startup, or startup for that matter. <laughs> is anybody uh, using social media in a kind of an interesting or new or different way to make money? Here's the interesting thing about social media and revenue. So a couple of years ago, Dell got a lot of attention for selling computers and other um, computer equipment via Twitter. Yeah. And you know there was lots of news coverage and the Twitter sphere was all abuzz about how Dell was doing this and whether this was uh, really the, the start of social media as an e-commerce platform. Uh, in total, Dell sold uh, $6 million worth of equipment, hmm. and the reality is is that this is a $50 billion a year company, okay. and $6 million is a drop in the bucket. Right. So they got a lot of attention, and it certainly helped their brand, but it really wasn't any sales activity to write home about. Yeah. And and I think anybody who looks at social media as a, as a hard sell medium um, is deluding themselves because that's not what people who consume social media um, want to see or consume. People aren't going to buy stuff uh, through social media. And what I think instead is that uh, social media is really a soft sell medium in which you try to provide information about your products, you try to engage people about your products, you try to generate goodwill so people see you in a different light. And hopefully what that does is uh, drive traffic to your website or whatever uh, place you want people to buy things um, because they see that you're trying to help them or that you've got something interesting to say or that you're selling something interesting. Um, so it's a, it's a way to, to get consumer, to change consumer behavior, but I don't think it involves actually getting people to buy things. Okay, so where I'm going with this fast is again, to link back to our topic, people are going to burn out on your social media channel fast if you're doing any kind of sell, right. any kind of hard selling. You're not being you know, social and, and doing what these channels are meant to do. And, um, but you know, at the same time, uh, I'm always looking for interesting ways uh, in which people are using the mediums and uh, you know, how they're flipping them on their heads. And you know, so if anybody out there does have any interesting stories to tell about, uh, in particular, about how startups are using social media or how enterprising nonprofits or are using it for uh, social value, etc., to create social value, we'd be interested to hear about that. And you can just go to our website, ottawa.iabc.com, uh, to, to let us know. Um, okay, so let's look at this from a, a staff perspective. What are three 
practical ways we can ensure our, our staff, if you're managing people, don't burn out from trying to manage too many of these social media channels? That's a great question. So number one is I think you have to start by uh, identifying your target audiences. Okay. Um, who do you want to reach? Um, how are they using social media? What kind of social media services are they using? And then you've got to allocate um, the resources that you have available so that you can get the best bang for the buck. So it doesn't make any sense if you've got a small staff to try to do everything. Um, and I think that's the sort of the question is where can we um, get the most um, productivity from the people we have? And if it means doing one thing really well, if it means doing Twitter in an amazing way because you've only got one person, that's all they can do, then that's that's great. Okay. Um, okay. There's no penalty for not being on Facebook and not having a blog. If you've got um, more people, then you can do more things. So that, I think, is a fundamental um, uh, issue. And the other one that, and this is a bit um, controversial because um, social media is all about spontaneity and real-time engagement and conversations, but I think automation is going to be um, increasingly embraced as a way to make your teams more efficient. Sorry, what was that? So, automation. Automation. Okay. So this is this is the idea of you know of of post um, of scheduling posts of, um, of maybe not auto following people, um, but I'll give you a good example of a service that I really like. It's called Buffer, and it's in and the it, the URL is bufferapp.com. And what Buffer does is allow you to um, set up times during the day that you can schedule your schedule your posts. And once you sort of configure Buffer right, um, that you don't have to set it up ever again. And it's a great way uh, of driving more engagement. They've, they've done a number of studies um, with people who have used Twitter, for example, and they've seen a big rise in click-throughs. Hmm. Um, so that's just one small example of, of, uh, of a tool that um, will drive automation. Hootsuite um, is another great way of scheduling tweets. Yeah. Um, and, and automation gets a, is seen as a, as a dirty thing because it's not seen as authentic. But I think, I think, and this goes back to our original point, is that you really have to start thinking about um, how we can all be more efficient using social media and still you know, get a lot of value from using it. And you know, it's one of the realities is you, you can't scale your social media teams. The more popular you get, the more activity you get, it really gets expensive to scale. So how do you do that without actually blowing your budgets? Okay. And so what about you join, you're, you're fresh on board, you're the new manager or new director of a, of a team and you notice, oh, geez, this organization's got like three existing, you got a Facebook account, you got a Twitter account, and let's say you got a LinkedIn one and you know, you've got 2,000 followers on your Facebook page and you got five on your Twitter and who knows on your LinkedIn and you, and you say, but we can't manage it all effectively. We don't know how we got here, <laughs> but what do you do? Like, do you, do you end up scrapping one or do you just put it on the ice and tell the people on the page that that's what's going to happen for the next little while? Like, how do you handle sort of pages in progress that you really don't have the time to be spending, uh, you know, effectively engaging uh, your audience on? Right. So, you know, it really goes back to the idea, if you're going to do anything on social media, do it as well as possible. So that if you've got um, a couple of social media services that you just can't do a good job on because you're strapped for time or you don't have enough people, then you've got to make a hard decision. You've got to say, is it really worth it to do this in a mediocre way? Um, and is, is it, it would make better sense for us to allocate that time to what's really 
going well and has a lot more potential. And, you know, um, I think a lot of companies are guilty of what I call the the shotgun approach to social media. Yeah. Is they embrace social media and they decide that they're going to do it all because, after all, that makes the most sense. The more places they are, the, the better the chance of, of reaching target audiences. But what you end up doing is doing everything really badly. Yeah. Um, and what I sort of advise is 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 really focus on what you can do and what you can do well. And once you sense a, some traction, is go hard and, and and double down on it and try to get <laughs> activity as you can um, because that. And then once you're successful in that and you're feeling like your oats and you're and it's all going well, then you can consider another um, social media service. Um, so it's not exactly walk before you run, uh, but it's more to do something really well and then think about doing something else really well. Okay, but to be clear, say someone's got an account that, would you just say, okay, let's close the account? Shut it down. Shut, Shut it, down. it down. We don't have time. Okay, got it. Okay. And I don't, think that's, I don't think you'll be penalized. I think if you handle it in the proper way, if you say in a very open way, we're going to be devoting all of our efforts to Twitter, so please follow us over here, yeah. um, then that may make a lot of sense for people because they know where you're going to be and they know that you'll get more value out of a place that you're actually more into. Okay. All right. So look, Mark, um, we should probably wrap, and so I just want to thank you so much for providing such valuable insight into what obviously continues to be a popular topic. So... Um, I guess what's the the secret that we want to unveil? Um, and voice listeners, I'll I'll leave this with you. It's not better to burn out than fade away. Why? Once you're gone, you can't come back. So thanks to Neil Young for that quote, and <laughs> thanks to Mark, and thanks to listeners, and uh, have a great week. See you next time. You've been listening to the podcast of the International Association of Business Communicators Ottawa Chapter, produced at the Media Style Studio. 